Thanks for tuning in to Kate Thinks, a podcast for the modern woman. Every week, your host, Ikram, Vicky, and Ariana will dig in on real topics that matter in the new age. Stay locked in. You won't want to miss anything. Welcome to Kate Thinks Podcast. This is our fourth episode. This is a podcast for the modern woman where we speak our heart and we speak our mind about different topics that affect us in the modern age. I'm your host, Vicki, and these are my co-hosts, Ikram and Ariana. Uh, today, we're going to focus on taking action. So now you're at a really good point in like your healing stage. Now you want to do something about it. So that's what we're going to talk about. Many are asking what they can do. They don't know where to start. We're here to give you some inspirational tips and encourage you to seek out some opportunities within your community. So yeah, let's go ahead and tackle that. Yes. The biggest thing here, we're trying to form some sort of plan, right? Like some an action plan for you that is specific to you. You don't have to do what everyone is doing. You can go down a list of a long list of things you can potentially do to support Black Lives Matter in this case, in this in today's topic specifically, and to ensure that it is not another hashtag. And so like and that and then we can we can discuss like ways to go about reform resources, resources, legit organizations out there, you know, if you want to donate, who to donate to and so on. So let's dive right in. You know, this is this is a straight up from an online source that we will share down below. It's called 26 Ways to Be in the Struggle Beyond the Streets, right? One of the number one thing would be host or attend Know Your Rights training. I cannot tell you the importance of that. So true. Yeah, ladies, please like pitch in. So know you're right. You can go to justicecommittee.org. There is a number of additional online websites to include Malcolm X's grassroots movement, mxgm.org, streetwise and safe.org. A lot of universities are teaching this. Literally uh, the other day I was in a protest and people were handing out, like a lawyer was handing out their personal number. You know, if you get in legal trouble, like call me, but it is important. Can any of you touch on like a personal experience if you have any? I know that I used to do this. I'm probably going to start doing it again. I used to carry around a little kind of like a pocket booklet with um, my rights on it, just so I had it kind of readily available for me. I know there's a lot of other people that do that too. I like that. Yeah, it was kind of like an old school, you know how they have like these trends. I, and I know like I was doing it way back in the day, but something tells me I should bring that back. And then also like encourage, you know, others to do that too, just having it handy because it's it's yeah. a lot to try to memorize. So it's good to have something kind of, you could slip in your pocketbook or slip in your wallet or something like mm-hmm. that. So you already are kind of ready and know. I like that because like a lot of times when you're in the heat of the moment and you're being targeted or you kind of like do blackout, you know, you do like your emotions overwhelm you. Um, you can't think clearly. And I feel like having that little card is super useful. Again, like a lot of this, uh, the resources we're going to be covering are based on educational like 
you know, foundation. So you can literally do online courses however you want to. You can host or attend Know Your Rights training. Another thing you can do is fundraisers. You can donate business proceeds, create events, organize organizations that work around on police violence, on police accountability against the criminalization of the Black community. And so that includes Black Lives Matter, Ferguson Action, you can reach them at fergusonaction.com, Ferguson National Response Network, Black Youth Project, a long list, again, that we'll be sharing in the comments. I just want to emphasize that it's super, super important to research your organizations before donating to them. A lot of these larger organizations have been unfortunately infiltrated, but it's definitely a lot more effective to donate to your local organizations that are more grassroots focused and focused on the issues that are directly affecting your community. So just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, we yes. definitely need to hit it home. It's it's important that you don't just kind of copy what we say yeah. and actually take the time to do your own research. That's we're just giving you, we're just trying to spark and inspire you to go and seek out information for yourself. But at the end of the day, you should always, always, always research and um, look into everything. I don't care if it's someone that you idolize telling you to do it. You need to go look into it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's Absolutely. something that people and, can start doing. Yeah. And please spread the word, like share with us. That's another mean of supporting this movement um, and taking action, simply spreading. Yeah. Yes, uh, communication, spreading the word, actions, events, demands through social media, texts, emails, like the list goes on, right? Bringing awareness, awareness and share and, and spreading awareness. Offer to be an emergency contact, you know? And again, this kind mm-hmm. of everything we've that. talked about, right? Everything yeah. we've talked about is building your support ecosystem, Mm-hmm. And moving as a community. So please, like, you, you don't you don't necessarily have to ask someone to be your emerging content, but instead offer it. Offer to be one. Um, Call on me. Aw, yes. Lean in. <laughs> you are all about to be my emergency contacts now. Yes. <laughs> we were always your emergency contacts, honey. You get an emergency contact. You get an emergency contact. I, you. And you. <laughs> I love um, that. <laughs> be active in your community, attend planning meetings, strategy calls. You know, these are uh, happen on a local level um, with politicians, you know, with your city supervisors, with the commission boards that, you know, are appointed by the mayor. And this goes like anywhere from like super local to like national level. Be involved. You know, most of these things, if not all, are hosted publicly, right? Yeah, like on on like C-SPAN and things like that. Yeah, I think like the more you guys get to know me, the more you'll see how anti-system I am. But honestly, I watched this guy in SAC, I think it was either yesterday or the day before Sacramento, just shut shit down. And I think like just how he was able to like really capture and no one watches C-SPAN. Like I, you can't. Like you're a liar if you tell me that you sit at home. Oh my and watch god! C-SPAN. Back in the day, my mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like nobody I knows. Stocks go across the bottom or something. Something right? like that. But the <laughs> fact that like there's this video of like C-SPAN trending right now because this guy in Sacramento made such a big deal. I think that's really fucking awesome. So. I, right. I think, yeah. yes, you have a voice, and they have to sit there and hear it, right? Mm-hmm. And you cannot. 
One statement that I love, and this applies to anything I do, like whether it's business or personal life, you don't get what you don't ask for, right? Right. So a lot of sense, but (laughs) I told you that all the time. (laughs) And it's true. Like if you, if you think about it, you know, like I get it, like the system is pretty fucked up and I'm not taking away from that. But a lot of times, you know, it's amazing what we can do by simply asking, right? Mm -hmm. Or changing one's opinion or or something like that. So in the attending planning meetings or strategy calls, there are a few ones that are specific to Black Lives Matter. Critical Resistance, it's a national one. You can go to criticalresistance.org or insight-national.org, right? And you'll find more resources on that. Support or organize... This touches my heart. Support or organize healing justice events. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Tell me more about that. Unpack that for me. So essentially, Adrian Marie Brown, Utah, and Leah, they and Susan have created a list of healing practices to sustain care in protests. And we will definitely have a bit.ly link to it. It's t- it is bit.ly slash 13 Doug X capital A. Um, we'll definitely have that below. Uh, and is it, it is, we've talked, we touched on this actually creating space to facilitate these practices with others, process it in a community. Another thing, oh, this, this hits home, cook a pre or a post March meal. Oh, it's so sweet. I think that's okay. really sweet. Uh, personal experience. So I went on recent protest that was on Wednesday. It was hosted by my high school, Mission High School, Proud Bears. And this high school, like it's in the center of San Francisco in the mission, like right across from Dolores Park. And it has so much history, so much history. And it's speaking of it, you know, they've always been on the right side of history. Mm. And it comes to like advocating for minorities and speaking up and holding officials accountable. Mm. Um, and one of my favorite parts, like super gangster, like most of the teachers there have been in jail as activists. They've been wow. jailed. Yes. Wow. You don't hear that very often. No, I know. Wow. And, and it's just, I have chills talking about this. Like I'm so proud of that school. So I show up thinking that this is going to be like 100, 200, you know, people. And it turned out 50,000 people. That's huge. The most beautiful thing was they had like water, snacks, Gatorades. And these were not for sale. They were for free. Right. That's very important. It's extremely important. important. Mm -hmm. And this is how you know you're in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And I will admit it. I'll be the first to admit we are super privileged, super fortunate. They were handing out La Croix. Or the Korean, some some of you might say, like with sparkling water. Okay? Justin says Silicon Valley, like look <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm showing up at protests just for the free food now. Oh my god, let me tell you guys, like I last Pride I went to in San Francisco, they had this guy performing in a Lacroix. He was in a Lacroix costume. Oh, that's adorable! I was cracking up. It was like I was like, oh my god. All that community, I swear to God, it's like in every micro kitchen everywhere. <laughs> it was Aww. so interesting. I did want to mention like in our last episode, I think it was the last one where we mentioned meetup.com. Meetup.com is also a great resource for finding uh, meetings with them, like any type of activism, political or social justice meetups yeah. near you. Mm-hmm. It's another good thing for that. Or you can create if you say, you know, you have a different point of view, you can create your own organization on there as well. So that's 
another good resource to find like mines or create your own thing. Yes. And to take it up a notch, you can totally coordinate or provide childcare. Oh my God. Isn't that so sweet? Yes. Yeah. Totally doable. Babies. I know that babies are protest. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen seen some babies. I've seen some feisty ones too. They're like Black Lives Matter. You know, like I'm fucking loving. um, What was her name? Winter? Winter? She was in LA. I don't know if she was in LA. I don't know where she was. Was she the one I seen? I I think I saw it like trending or something. She was, um, she did she have like her hair braided or I don't remember. I think I, I saw, saw one while you look it up, we could talk about like similar experiences. I saw this video of this this little feisty girl, you know, she's like, I just, you know, I'm out here walking for unity. I want the mm-hmm. whole world to be, you know, this Aww. one unit. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, no, I know this the the intent of this is not, you know, just racism. And she just went on and she had to be like five years old. Damn. I, see, I feel it's like, been- I honestly feel like the children are the future. I feel like a lot of us no. need to step out of the way and let a lot of our youth. It's not a feeling. It's a fact. It is a fact. I, I think we need to let our youth take the lead. I was, I was in a, like a group like yesterday that was trying to do activism in my community. And I just noticed like from a lot of the older crowd, like they were really trying to like silence their voices. And, and in my mind, I'm like, we've had plenty of time. We've had plenty of time and they're not coming with their, they are, a lot of them are very rational thinking because they've had information for so long. I think for us is giving them kind of like a little bit because we have the experience, right? They they just have the knowledge on some of these things. Um, we can come in on the experience point of view, but I really think like letting them take the lead, you know, especially some of these like middle school, high school, yeah, you know, college age, like let them organize it. Why, why do we silence their voice? Voices. And that goes back to what we were talking about, like, I think the other day about like, growing up with that mentality of like, children be quiet, like, go sit over there. Like, mm-hmm. this is adult conversation. And I think a lot of the older generations still have that mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of us grew up in that. And we we seen how harmful it was in like silencing our voices. So I think it's so important if you have youth out there, there's so many of them out there that want to do good. They want to change the world. They never understood why we let this happen for so long. And they really have the passion in their heart to want to change it. They just need, some of them just need a little guidance on like just, you know, certain things to be a little bit more diplomatic about certain things to get things done. Right. But they have like some of the great, greatest ideas. I, I just was like, wow, you guys are so just having like conversations like with my own kids. I'm just like, how old are you? Like, what? No, they're they're really they're really beyond their age like they carry oh so God. much wisdom with them like one thing like the the little girl's name is i feel weird calling her a little girl the young woman's name yes. is winter amore rogers my heart is with you i love you so much like you can see like there are so many comments like you could see the strength of her ancestors in her eyes like oh, there, there was no no fear like there there is like pure like fierce, like power, just like let's let's ensure to include, you know, like include her in the description so that people can can actually see. So that would be amazing. Like this last protest, like most of protests are 
organized here in San Francisco are actually organized by high school students. That successful 50,000 people who marched together successfully and peacefully, you know, and again, like that's another thing that media does, you know, like just like based it's fear tactics, you know, these people, we were marching to the beats of the drum. We had like Native Americans exercising like Native American like rituals. We had Mexicans doing the same thing. It was just so beautiful. We had like student body of like drummers, you know, that were performing and they did a little bit of like some Brazilian dancing and stuff. It was just so lovely, right? To come together in such positive way to knock on the door for change, right? And actually be the change. Have you guys seen? Oh yeah, go ahead. Have, oh, we have seen you what? have you guys seen the video of? I think it's two different protests where there's a group of people performing namaz, which is like the Muslim prayer that we do five times a day. They're out in the middle of a protest, and in there's New like York. yeah, and there's oh, a I ring of people that. around them as they perform namaz, protecting them. Yeah, people were like stood, yeah. the non-Muslims st- stood around them to protect them, and so they did like the the prayer that was specific, you know, like for uh, Black Lives Matter. It was so beautiful. It was yeah, very touching. It was. It was so incredible. I, I think um, another thing that I wanted to mention about taking action too, that I think a, a lot of us, I haven't seen mentioned a lot out there, but also like volunteering your time, like depending on like what part of the movement is it's inspiring to you, you can also give your time. So if mm-hmm. you are concerned about like the homeless population, you can go volunteer at a shelter. Like if you want to help fight like education, like inequality or that you can volunteer in an inner city school. So there's so many other ways too, that you can fight and make an impact besides like marching, mm-hmm. you know, because not everybody's into all those things, right? right. So they're trying to find other ways. And I think that's a great, great way just to identify the cause that you support and then find opportunities where you can donate your time to, you know, helping make things better for, for those communities too. save or, your cans and bottles for the homeless. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, create and share arts. How beautiful is that? You know, like yeah, kind of um, creating and sharing art. It's such a beautiful way to like process trauma and, you know, elevate yourself into like these high vibes of just positivity. You can also create a home base, you know, for the evening. And again, like some of these are related to protests, but like in many ways, these forms can also be applied in a general manner for support, right? Creating a home base like that one in LA, I believe, where he, this guy, was actually stopped by the police. He was entering his home. I'll, I'll link the video. He was entering his home. He was frisked by the police. And then he's like, that's my home right there. And he happened to be Indian. So he went in and all over the media, you see the news talking about like how these protesters looted this guy's home. But he actually opened the door for them to actually shelter in the home with him and to protect the protesters that were being attacked. It was just such a beautiful like moment of unity. And like this, this man, which I'll, we'll find the video and make sure we link it as well, because we want everybody to see all these things for what they are, not just based off of like what we're telling you, Uh, your perception of it could absolutely be so different from mine. And that is okay. Right. And if we're missing the point here, 
please share it with us. Tell us in the comments, you know, yeah, we're, we're not about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're definitely, we're very humble people. Abram, <laughs> I did have a question for you. So for people that want to get involved with like meeting their politicians, right? When they're talking about like sending letters and emails and talking about how to like articulate an issue and without it coming across as like emotional language, what are some of kind of the ways that people can connect to their local politicians? There are so many ways. One of the biggest one is definitely finding out when your local um, supervisors. So like each city has like all these elected officials and each district within the city has their own supervisor, right? You have the right to actually approach your district supervisor or anyone for that matter, uh, reach out to their offices, get your opinion on certain things and obviously strength in number. So the more the merrier, if it touches on the same topic, then they must address it as well, right? Like, and again, like you don't get what you don't ask for. If they are not aware of a certain thing, then let them be aware, inform them. If you see something that is wrong, you're absolutely right to bring it up and back it up with like facts and whatever else um, that you, you can prove your point. Absolutely. If you want change, you are it, okay? Do not wait for anyone else to change it for you. You have the tools, you have the power to stand up and be the change yourself. Okay. Right. Right. And I want you, if anything, if none of these stick, just remember you are it. You are the change. You want something changed? Get up, start moving forward step by step and get it done. Yes. And it's it's important to meet these people where they are. So you don't want to reach out to them like very, I know some of these issues are very emotional to our listeners, but you just want to think critically and you also want to make sure that you're presenting factual information to them and you're coming from that kind of place, right? Because you don't want things to be misconstrued in your message. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of people are like angry and they're like, no, I want it. But that's, you have to kind of be a little diplomatic in a way when you're approaching these people, just because that's the only language they really understand. So um, it's kind of hard. And the time that you're not, you know, not writing them in the heat of the moment when you're just so angry and mad or not calling. A lot of people call and leave messages and and you just got to remember the same thing. You don't want the message to get lost in your emotions because you feel some kind of way about it. So you just got to take some time to calm yourself down, maybe write down mm-hmm. some notes, um, some data points, some looking up some research. Um, to our last episode about exactly. healing resources. <laughs> right. You don't want to have, you want to come from a place of strength, but also humility. You don't want to have kind of a, to- you know, you don't want to have like a, it's a demand, but it's not a forceful demand. It's just like here, this is why, this is what the issue that I'm standing on. This is why I'm standing on it. Mm-hmm. There are some, you know, action items that I, I, I feel like I need to see, you know, in order for that to change. And then you hold them accountable for it. And then you go to the polls. So I, another thing, Ingram, I had a question why I'm asking Ingram so many questions. I just, Ingram is our diplomatic person. She, she knows about politics. So I have a question. I'm talking about like voting and going to the polls. So a lot of people I've noticed they don't really vote for in their local elections. They also, a lot of them don't vote in their like community elections. A lot of people just vote for like the presidential election or like the, you know, the main ones that happen every four years instead of really researching the lowest levels of government and how those affect you. Because I feel like you can have more of an impact there, obviously, like than the bigger stage at sometimes. 
I think those Absolutely. people I think open. Uh, on a local level, from a local perspective, your your elected officials are the ones to actually speak up for you in these larger, you know, national or statewide political events and so on, right? Policymakers, it starts from, you know, your local representatives. So it is extremely important. I urge everyone who who feels, you know, this this need, this sense of you know, uh, getting together as a community and supporting Black Lives Matter. I urge you to vote locally and nationally. That is essentially we're built on this, where we actually have the ability to vote for people who we want. Uh, to who you believe us. in. Right. Who you believe in. Don't let yeah. anyone force you to vote for somebody. I can only say that so much because I, I know that's happening right now. Vote for, vote with your conscience. And I know that it's extremely difficult in the days that we're in today. And you might see like different news, different topics, different ways of pushing the same agenda or different agendas like on several platforms. I urge you to do your research. You know, just always dig, just, if you're just on the surface, just scratch a little bit, you know, you don't have to be like a, you know, PhD holder to do like some deep research. You have the power to do this. And back to like some of the ways, I believe in you, (laughs) some of the ways, right. You can offer to create like a safety plan. You can create an intentional spiritual space and all these like resources we've spoken previously about. You can be a grounding buddy. You can be a self-care buddy. You guys are going to have so many jobs when I get through with you. Hello. (laughs) You said uh, I can be a grounding buddy. And you also said you can be my emergency contact. It should be oh, yeah. one more. And time. by the way, you you also said you're gonna you're gonna cook for me. <laughs> do everything for you, honey. I also need a ride to the grocery store. Um, <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Oh my God. Just be a support system. Build a support system because it's something about having that. And and you might not even have had that in your life, right? Maybe you grew up yeah. and you didn't really have, you weren't surrounded by supportive voices, especially for people that are in communities and, and communities that are kind of spreading hate where even the young people, you know, even people that are kind of have the, the small voices and they're just like, oh my God, I really like, I, I feel like I, I just want to get out of here. Mm-hmm. It's it's just no, there's people out there that are in that same situation. You should find those people and band mm-hmm. together and create something because those people need that space too. And they're looking for that. So maybe, you know, you could start something. I think like the key here is if you don't see it, start it. If you don't see it in your community, you make it happen. There's yeah. so many tools out there. We literally are so lucky to have so much technology and information that we can literally build it ourselves mm-hmm. if it's not in place. So yeah, support systems yeah. are very important. Work there. with your local work with your local teachers. Work. That's it. Yeah, that's that right there is so important. Oh like we have so much knowledge to share and spread around. And like just creating a course, like even on knowing your rights or how to, I don't know the proper term, but how to like diffuse a, a gas bomb or, or yeah, or, you know, oh, do yeah, yeah, yeah. like a very heated Intense. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like how to perform first aid at a protest, you know, like 
you know, how to, how to guide people in a protest, you know? Uh, Yeah. The protest I was in, I actually, I carried my backpack, my military backpack. That is my assault. I was like, right. So I was, uh, I was the CLS. Um, you know, we're all trained on combat life-saving and we uh, operate just fine under, you know, the rest and stress. And, Mm -hmm. and so my brother wanted to go, I supported him and I was like, you know, I can definitely, you know, like, cause you see so many conflicting news, you know, and like uh, how things can escalate so quickly. Uh, Fortunately, none of that happened, but I was ready. I had my like first aid bag and I was was ready to diffuse, deescalate any scenario. And it's important to, to have people like us, in these situations, right? Totally. We're not here inciting and, you know, violence and so on. We're here to support and ensure that our people, our community is safe. Yeah. And when there is a need for that, we yeah. step in and we make it how we take care of them. Um, and that's why I was there. You know, Absolutely. I was there to voice my opinion, Black Lives Matter. And most importantly, if there were to be a situation, I was there to step forward. And, you know, sharing skills, the whole concept of training the trainer, mm-hmm. making space to process, having these conversations, start the conversation, let the conversation go, right? Like get it going, support people with disabilities. Okay. Yeah. Read. You know, and and I get it. So like right now, like the focus is on Black Lives Matter. It's not to take away from like everyone else. We understand. Right. We understand that most lives do matter, you know, like, but right now, like the analogy of like that house on fire. So like, it I was, love that one. Yeah. Can you tell us about it? Yeah. So basically it's this image of like a house on fire and a house next to it. And that's not on fire. And the, the figure in the image is like, my house is on fire and I think it's something like to the effect of, well, all houses matter. <laughs> it's like, right. that's not the point. My house is on fire right now. Right. I think it was interesting. I think I saw another illustration where like the firefighter was actually uh, hosing down the house that was not on fire. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's, it's useless, crazy. right? So yeah, it's, exactly. it's that, it's that, that. So we're all like all hands on deck right now to support, you know, the black community, Black Lives Matter. Let's move forward as a community. Let's learn from this. Let's take actions. Let's let's ask for reforms and let's ask for changes of policy and so on. And so that we can apply it in so many other ways. I think before we touch on like another topic, I want your opinions on this. It is essential to remember to take care of yourself. Oh yeah. First. Right? If you can't do any of the above, uh, if you're short on time or resources, please start with taking care of yourself. And we've shared so many resources previously. And again, working on your support ecosystem. And that's what we're here for, to yeah. build that support ecosystem, to be here for you and you be there for us. Yeah, you yeah absolutely. To, you need to be able to fill your cup so that you can pour into others. You can't pour from an exactly. angling So this exactly. is going to take a 180 shift here, being uh, these gorgeous ladies, my co-hosts, these army veterans, <laughs> these combat army veterans. Woo-hoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. Yes, sexy you. <laughs> so I want to share a little bit of our insights into um, military de-escalation of force, 
rules of engagement. And also as sense as a sensitive topic, I get it, but police brutality. I'm not talking about police in general. I'm talking police brutality and excessive use of force. I want to open up the floor to have these discussions and talk about our military experience and also like how our police is is militarized in so many ways. Go ahead. Talk to me. Usually I'm not at loss for words. I guess I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's okay. I can get it going and then you okay. guys switch in. You know, I think yeah, it's okay. fine. I think a, a good start point, a good starting point is we overseas were not, are not allowed to use any type of force, you know, let alone, you know, brutality. Unless we're engaged. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the key point, right? Unless so, we, for right. example, for example, in our fight against terrorism, a terrorist, and I'm not defining anything, I'm not saying a specific region or anything, this is extremely general. So if someone is about, is about holds a gun, I still can't shoot them. I still cannot engage or protect or none of that. They have to shoot at me first in order for us to actually conduct our rules of engagement. Right. And our rules of engagement, uh, I actually, let me look it up real quick. I used to have that shit memorized. Okay. Rules of. I can, I have something that I can add as far as like my thoughts on de escalation, just because I've worked for a couple of different agencies. So I've military and corrections, because in corrections, like we don't have any weapons. So a lot of it is all about psychological, like de escalation, just using your words and your body language. So just also keeping in mind, like your body language when you are trying to de escalate a situation, because there's certain ways that you can pose your body in a way that seems threatening to a person. You got to keep in mind, like, People have had a number of different experiences and traumas. So like certain things can trigger certain reactions. So it's very smart to come from like a neutral space. So you should be able to at least kind of de-escalate yourself in your mind too before you even react. Be the person that has the calm, the cool head, even when if someone's like freaking out, right? So and then just like basically just slowing down, like, you know, backing off a little bit. Every single interaction doesn't need to require immediate action. And I've, I've told some people this, you know, when stopped by the cops, it's like, okay, even if you didn't do anything, right, you know, you didn't do anything, but there's certain types of behaviors that will trigger certain types of behaviors, right? Um, mm-hmm. So just like keeping your body open, not like, you know, just being very neutral and also not taking a head on stance. A lot of people get threatened by a head on stance. So that can be perceived as a threat to kind of tilting your body a little bit to the side is a good way to not look so aggressive as well. That's another way that you can de-escalate maybe if they're escalating things. And then um, also just being like everything just goes back to empathy, just being compassionate. Okay. We don't know Mm -hmm. like what type of day that person had, what just happened to them, what they're going through, you know, on a police officer's side, they they could be coming from like a crazy like situation. And from a, the other person's side, they could be coming from a crazy situation too. Right. And so a lot of times we react so fast um, because we're so emotional, but like what's worked for me, because I'm also someone that could react really fast is just taking the time to take a breath and go internal. Maybe that's five seconds. Maybe that's 10 in your head to just kind of relax, right? Because 
you have to, no matter, no matter what's going on, you just need to take a moment rather than having that immediate reaction and just have a little bit of compassion and then just using a little bit of, um, discretion, also taking notes. So this, if it's an officer and he's acting a little, little like, crazy. You don't have to talk. So that's another one of your rights too. You don't have to say anything either. You can, you can use that right. And you can just literally just listen, mm-hmm. you know, let them say what they have to say. You calm yourself down. doesn't matter because they might say something inflammatory, but in your mind, you need to be keeping yourself calm. Right. I, I hold, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that there is a lack of this type of training in our police force. Right. I get it, you know, like uh, initially how it's how it's built on this like false, terrible, unjust system. That's a that's a way there's there are ways we can like dissect that and go at it from a political perspective and urge our local and national officials and representatives to actually work on these things and address it from that level from a policy level, but also there is a whole aspect, an aspect that is not necessarily talked about a whole lot, and that is training the force, right? How do we train them? I think on average, it takes what, like six months to be a a police officer, you know, um, when you're out there and they focus heavily on reaction, you know, like fast reaction, that they're, it's almost like they're encouraged to actually react before assessing the scenario where as even the military in a war zone, we are the quite the opposite. Yeah. And so I always found out, found that to be kind of like contradicting um, of conflict to me. It's like, what, you know, it should be quite the opposite in my opinion. Something something that our command like beat into our heads was just hearts and minds. You know what I mean? Like that was, that was the priority was hearts and minds. And it's more important to understand where they're coming from and understand their situation. And although yes, like we're, we're still, you know, very vigilant, but it's, it's very important to Mm -hmm. understand who we're dealing with. You know what I mean? And I think that would change the narrative completely, but just to return to safety during protests and moving more tactically, tactically, I mentioned vigilance, and I think that that could be the the difference between a peaceful and a, a peaceful protest and mm-hmm. a, a violent like riot. I think that if you are vigilant and you are you know always looking at your surroundings, you're noticing things, you're seeing people act strange, you see people who are outsiders, you know, like doing things that are not in line with what everyone else is doing. And you do something about it. You bring awareness to that. That's right. extremely right. important. Empathy. Yeah. Right. Everything. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's why, like, I, I feel this sense of responsibility on kind of like maybe pushing the agenda on, on supporting this retraining. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, oh, what a better way to get, you know, veterans, military trained to actually show them the ropes on like de-escalation of force and the power of that, you know, yeah. and and not only is it powerful, it's extremely empowering as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's very rewarding. I think that in, in the heat of the moment, one can lose, you know, like the sense of, a sense of guidance, you know, like most people actually black out 
when they reach a level of oh, adrenaline totally. in their system, right? And you don't yeah. remember. So I think it was beat into us, like that whole like muscle memory. Yeah. And 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 like what your brain goes through this process of like, do this, do this, do this, do this, you know, and then like last resort. But here at home in in the streets of the United States, there's absolutely no need to go to those extreme measures, right? It is unfortunate, you know, the bad guy exists everywhere, but it, it is not the majority. So there's definitely a call for retraining the force, learning a whole new sets of rules, rules of engagement, you know, do, doing simulations and continuing. I don't even know. They don't necessarily go through, you know, like quarterly training or mandated, you know, training and so on to like maintain and keep up. You know, they, 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 you know what they say, if you don't lose it, you lose it. If you don't use it, you lose it. It's so true when it comes to these types of things. You have to practice and practice to get to that level of muscle memory. I think it would be super interesting to like dedicate an episode on how like police can be retrained to. to, That would be so amazing. What would, what would, yeah. What would that look like? I feel like, I feel like your, your connection between like what we had to abide by and what we were taught, you know, just kind of seeing like where that might be able to be inserted and like what already overlaps as like an easy avenue yeah. of, of initiation. I think, I think that would be, I think that would be super interesting to explore and possibly be like a platform that. Right. It can be a program. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This can be yeah. a program and Absolutely. I'd be more than happy to volunteer my time. To yeah, I definitely. I think we should look into this because I was looking up a few things online and it looks like, um, like, I don't know. I, I'll have to look into this because like specific to like the BART police, they, they now have a, a continued professional training program. I don't know if that was as a result of what happened in Fruitvale. I have to look into that, but it looks like they have a actual program to continue professional training. But yeah. the thing is that the thing is, and what I've learned is that you know, we can, we can give more training, right. But we need to also do, they need to do a lot more simulations and training, right. not just book work, not just reading, not just sitting in a class for 45 minutes. No more application than taking tests. Do they FTX? What's that? Oh, what'd you say? Do they FTX? Um, I don't know. I have to research that. I think that's something really good that we should dig into to see like what they currently have in place to kind of be informed about it. You guys want to, um, you guys want to have like a JRTC for cops? Oh, totally doable. I totally think they should. Yeah. They do need to, they, they, it would be great to actually conduct more stressful environment, you know, training and retraining and make it you know, whether that's a quarterly basis and so on. Definitely, in a sense, we do want to demilitarize, you know, police, leave military shit to the military. Oh, my okay. God. That's scary. Peace officers. You are, not, yeah. you are not soldiers. You are peace officers. Yeah. yeah. And a so, lot of them forget because a lot of them are vets. <laughs> they think they're still in uniform. No, and that's great. That's great that we have veterans within these communities. We do need veterans in these communities. Okay, we really do. But most importantly, I think we can again seek that change by being the change of providing a solution. I'd be more than happy to actually 
let's let's form what this looks like. Let's put together a proposal um, and push, push it forward. I have so many amazing people that teach all over the world, you know, teach other militaries, other police entities and like all around the world. Like, why can't we do it in our own country? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If anything, this is a, bus- a great business opportunity, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like um, I'm already brought up JRTC, which is really good. A lot of you guys don't know. I actually did JRTC in high school with Air Force JRTC. Oh <laughs> the only time I'll ever be in an Air Force uni- um, uniform. But <laughs> I, I, what I love about JRTC is it's not just training um, you in one area, right? It's teaching you leadership. It's teaching you character. It's teaching you community service. Like I think a lot of, I think what our officers need to know a lot more about is community like service because, and really understand what serve and protect really means being in the community as someone where you see them and you're not afraid of them. You see them and you're like, oh, cause like, you know, you should be able to see a cop and, and like go up and talk to them without being afraid. And I think that's so sad. And like when we were talking about perception, we were even talking about deescalation and how standing certain ways are intimidating. Looking like you're all full on full metal jacket is also very intimidating. And I was, um, I told you guys before, like one time we were going to, it was like a Toys for Tots donation outside of like a Target or something. And the cops were out there and they were doing a really good thing. However, when I walked up to the car, I was just like, whoa, there was like an M16 in the door. There was like a Kevlar on the sea. There was the dude had like a big like flak vest on. He looks scary. He looks scary. And if you have trauma with the police already, you're it's already in your subconscious to be afraid. So I think, and you know what, maybe, you know, we shouldn't be, and this probably sounds really crazy, but I understand like a lot of cops lives are in danger out there. So a lot of them are wearing this stuff to actually protect themselves from what's going on. I think we also need to bring back, you know, putting cops in communities that they're familiar with. That's another thing that, that I always wondered about. Like, we need are, more of us. Yeah. Why are we inserting cops that have never been exposed to like a, like certain demographics of people in there to like maintain their safety when they already have a lot of them, not all of them, but some of them have these unconscious biases that they had already in place growing up or or whatever traumas that they already had and their ideas that they already had. And then we ask them to be their best self in this community when some of their reactions are literally just unconscious reactions. So maybe some of the training needs to really include like unconscious bias I think, training as well from their perspective. That I, might be something that can be built. I think well, for everyone who doesn't know, for, for everyone who doesn't know what JRTC is, it's a field exercise training, which is basically like a month long simulation of the battle area, the area of operation that we're going to be deployed to. So your unit, which is like the group that you deploy with, goes through a month-long field exercise. Joint, it's called, it stands for Joint Readiness Training Center. Exactly. And there's two sides of it. There are actual soldiers that have embodied the locals and the quote-unquote enemy forces that we are going over there to both protect, serve, and fight against. So I think mm-hmm. that is a where where we're talking about like empathy and unconscious training is when we we put these cops in a simulation that say you have to you have to you have to go and formulate a protest based on these 
key factors and put them through like a simulation and the other side has to, it's like, it's like red team, blue team. The other side has to, has to have, you know, has to meet all of these requirements of maintaining Ah. and escalating a a, a, a protest. What? Yeah, I got confused. I I I heard J R T J R O T C. J R O T C. Yeah, which oh, is J-R-O-T-C. also good. Yeah, which is I mean, also good right? That's also this, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely J R T C was fun to me. It's, oh it's both both are extremely relevant at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the J R T C perspective. I totally agree with that. And mm-hmm. for those who don't understand, like how could this be effective? There's science behind it. So when you isolate someone, or in this case, like an entire team, an entire brigade, it could be tens of people, it could be hundreds, it could be thousands, right? And you're in a simulator, it becomes a reality, right? Mm-hmm. Day in, day out, and you're under a lot of duress, stress, and you're meeting all these operational needs, you're building, you're destroying, you're coming together. There's a whole list of things that, so like over a period of time, it does become reality, even when you doubt it, and you're like, hi, this is going to end. Uh, no, that's not how it typically works. There are a lot of like psychological effects that are put in place. And it's it, that's why it's isolated. Yeah. And typically, you know, this is conducted in, in a joint task force. Mm-hmm. There are other services involved. Sometimes even, you know, like it could be like a few local police or something like that. Mm-hmm. What What's important about this is it's a simula- simulation, but you act as if it is the it, right? We fight as we train and we train as we fight. So mm-hmm. there shouldn't be a difference. So like if, if the police force is trained to automatically shoot, right, then that's what they're going to do in the field. Absolutely. Right? And they have so many de-escalation devices on them. Like there's so many, so many. ways non-lethal, that they can react. Right. And I, I just always had questions. It's just like, why straight for the gun? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's, that comes from the training aspect, right? And exactly. I, that would definitely having a something like that, where they they have assimilation, where they have yeah. all these different kind of like, and they take it, take it from real case studies of stuff that's mm-hmm. happened and create mm-hmm. that and take them through it over and over so that they're automatically not pulling out a gun. You know what yeah. I mean? There's, you have peppers, you have tasers, there's, there's, um, exactly. you can talk to people. There's so mm-hmm. many ways where I'm just like, why, why is it for like some just want to instantly go to, you know, shooting and, and, and possibly maiming someone. Also, I think yeah. some other things about that, that are included with that too, that need to be handled with, even with the simulation is just getting under those unconscious bias. So if you had an unconscious fear, based on, you know, of a specific demographic of people too, like that could also influence um, how you react too. Just like think there are certain, oh my God, this is so crazy. I've seen like certain situations where it's like, where like someone's dog or they're like, oh my God, this person's dog doesn't like black people. And I'm like, dog doesn't know anything about black people. Right. But maybe the owner, like, train them to, to, and it was in, it went in their subconscious that, oh my God, it's a black person danger, black person danger. Right. Mm-hmm. So just like thinking that, because we don't know some of these people's childhoods, right? Like mm-hmm. some of these cops, like, like I was saying, like last week to you guys, some of these mm-hmm. cops, like they're, they're, 
they came from the Jim Crow era. They, this is a legacy that they are following father, along. Father, right. Father. They might not even want it to be a cop. So that's why, that's why empathy is so important when you're trying to understand people that maybe disagree or they're on the opposite side or whatever. Yes. You know, they could have grown up that like it was literally drilled into them to be this cop. Dad was a cop and these were all of dad's experiences and they mm-hmm. were kind of in that environment where they didn't feel like they could speak up. And so now they yeah. are taking that out on the job on, at, you know, with what they're doing yeah. subconsciously. I want, so I wanted to mention that these training, like these field training simulations are mm-hmm. evaluated as well. So yes. it will identify these tendencies and hopefully catch them and correct them on right. the spot in the simulation. Right. So oh, it's, yeah. it's very, it's, I think it's honestly a really powerful thing that we're on to right now. I, I absolutely, I've always thought about this and I was like, we can actually support this. Yeah. The time is now, like, there's no need for us to kind of like dwell on this. Let's regroup and let, let's keep the conversation going for our listeners. Please, if you have any opinions on this, like we're happy to hear, we're happy to indulge on your opinions and, and knowledge but to kind of like start wrapping it up. I think that there are so many tools that we can dig up and dig into to figure out ways to implement reform, right? That goes as a 360 approach, right? Uh, Policy is one angle, training the force is another angle, and then we can come up with other ways, right? Whether from community perspective as well, right? Like it's, it's, it's a multi-sided issue and it involves more than just two audiences. You know, it's not just the police right. and the victims, right? Like there is like, you know, and nothing like, against the police. There's so many good police officers out there. Absolutely. So many out there risking their lives for us every day. So this never want to do We're not taken away from that at all. Yeah, if anything, sure. we're, we are definitely honing in and addressing racist police or the lack of training in the force. Lack of training. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so none of none of what's happened, you know, especially to our victims, may they rest in peace. None of what's ha- what happened is justifiable in any means. Lack of training or not, it is not justified. I want to be clear on that. That is unacceptable. It is I think that I've seen all over the media like how officials are saying, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, like uh, George Floyd is happy right now to look down and see like what's happening. He's gone. He is is gone. That is so deaf. Yeah. And that that's, yes. I Um, mean, his, his daughter is going to grow up without a father. Like, and and I think people empathy. Yeah. Thinking about it, being in someone else's shoes. I think that's why it's so important when even before you start taking action, if you don't have the capacity to empathize, I don't think you're ready for that step. You shouldn't be facing forward. You should not be like a speaker. You should not be an official. You should not be a president. You should not be a politician. If you do not possess the ability and capability of empathy, move out of the way. Let yeah. people step in. Should we, should we um, start a presidential GRTC also? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? We're going to leave that for another, yes, absolutely. <laughs> for another episode. But with this being said, we're sparking so many conversations and we hope yeah. to hear from you, our audience. Absolutely. Leave we, in the comments, guys. Yeah. Action. You just Not watch- another hashtag. 
Right. You just watch like a live transpiring of putting our skills together to make an impact. So. We did not have this planned. Not at all. Not at all. Yes. And absolutely, like, I just want to reiterate what we say and what we've been saying, you know, it's important. Don't take our word for it to your own research, right? This is, this is our opinions. These are our thoughts and these are our views, but do your own research and definitely follow up. This should not ever just be another hashtag. We need to really take action for long-term change. And it all starts with you on the inside. So just want to like leave you with that note. Please leave any like questions or any like responses or feedback below. Like I said, we're all very open people and, and open to learning more and educate us. Like if you, if you know more about something that put it in the comments below. Like we want to learn. We are perfect. I want to say thank you so much for joining us um, for our fourth episode. This is so amazing that we are able to do this for you. I want to thank my co-hosts. You guys are amazing and I love hearing your points of view. Also want to thank all of the people that make it possible for us to create this program as well. So please follow us on social media. We are Kate Thanks Podcast on all platforms. And then our website is www.katethanks.com podcast.com check us out tune in next time pew 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 time's <laughs>